I'm uh, sure someone's going to call I, in and I'm say sure that it's not I'm sure they're going to be it. like, who booked these losers? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a gorgeous lake. <laughs> Don't worry. They're going to criticize the way that I said Sita Chavekia. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> We're all together. <laughs> everybody to this week's episode of the dcl duo podcast brought to you by my path unwinding travel and sam you've got your pretzels in spades today all over your spirit jersey which i thought we had banned from this home (laughs) yeah i'm wearing my uh, pretzel spirit jersey i'm also drinking some topo chico so this episode is not brought to you by topo chico but it might as well be because i am brought to you by topo chico so topo chico call me please if you want to sponsor our show (laughs) and maybe i'll just do it for free She'll do it for a case of lime Topo Chico a month. So, yeah. That's my favorite. That's my favorite. Right now I'm drinking just an original, but so non-flavored, but the lime is actually my favorite. Well, and they now have the the alcoholic version of Topo Chico on the ships, so you can continue the Topo Chico obsession with Disney Cruise Line. (laughs) (laughs) But they don't have the water version. They always have the, like, Perrier or something, I think. Well, at least not until Topo Chico is purchased by Coca-Cola, I suppose. (laughs) But uh, I find your Mickey pretzel thing kind of funny today because we were just at Disneyland and we were walking by an Auntie Anne's and I said, oh, Sam, you need to get a pretzel. And she looked at me and said, not unless it's Mickey shape. So uh, (laughs) there you go. This is true. We are excited because we've got a couple guests with us today who are going to talk to us about an Adventures by Disney in Rome and a Mediterranean cruise on Disney Cruise Line, both of which sound fabulous. So let me start by welcoming Martha and Howie to the show. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're excited to have you guys. Thanks for reaching out. This is an awesome cruise that you guys took. But before we get to talking about the cruise, we have to do what we always do, which is we need to find out your Disney background, Disney Cruise Line background. Let's talk prior to this ABD slash Disney Cruise experience out of Europe. So we started um, in 2013. We went on the Fantasy and did the Eastern Caribbean. And was hooked. And so then we did the Fantasy in 2015 and the Wonder in 2016, the Fantasy 2018, and then the 2019. And then we thought we would do Disneyland in 2020, but you know, the world (laughs) said no. And then we got to do that cruise got canceled. Then we did another one that got canceled. So then we got back in 2022 and did the Magic. So the only ship we have not been on is the Dream. And the Wish, we just got back on the Wish. We did that one. Um, oh, and such nice. So we just we just got the wish. Awesome. Oh, so that's nice. where you did you did a Halloween on the high seas on we the wish. Then, nice. Uh, which camp for the wish do you fall in? We're going back or never again? <laughs> <laughs> this is where I think Disney has it right because di- the wish for me ranks bottom, but it ranks number one for my children. And so we'll probably end up on the wish. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about this Adventures by Disney before we dive into your Mediterranean cruise. And I think that's the right order, right? You did the ABD leading into your med cruise? Yeah, we did. Uh, We flew into town. Uh, It was an overnight flight. So we got in that morning and then jumped right into our evening meal and meet and greet and hit the ground running there. Oh, that's a long day. Wait, before we get to the Adventures by Disney, who's your traveling party? It's the two of you and there's some kids involved, right? It is usually us, which um, we have a... 10-year-old, a 13-year-old, and 17-year-old. But for this cruise, we actually brought along our nieces who are 25. 
Oh, fun. And for those out there who don't know what we're talking about when we say ABD, we do have a few episodes in the catalog, if you go back, that talk more in detail. But ABD stands for Adventures by Disney. And one of their offerings uh, in their portfolio are these short escapes in different cities around the world that you usually then back into a Disney Cruise Line sailing, which is really nice. So can head over early, get to see kind of the embarkation port or country that you're in first and then get on the cruise. They used to offer some onboard embedded Adventures by Disney offerings and those have gone away. But the short escapes remain uh, and you can learn more about Adventures by Z- Disney if you head into our back uh, back catalog a little bit. But was this your first Adventures by Disney experience, Martha? It was. We actually had on our original booking the embedded cruise. And that's the one oh. that got canceled with COVID. Uh. So then our backup plan was we want to do some adventures by Disney. So then we booked the the short escape, which worked perfect. And what attracted you to ABD? Because it's a you know it's a unique product offering. I think a lot of people like it, but uh, what attracted you to ABD? I think for me, because I had no knowledge of Rome at all. And we were flying in and you don't really have any time. I felt like we had a very short window to see that city because you're basically flying in and getting on the ship and then you're getting off the ship and flying home. And so we wanted to come in a little bit early, but I had no clue really where to go, where to stay. And for me, it was just a stress reliever of being able to book it and then knew everything would then be taken care of to the level of Disney because you know they do everything above and beyond. Yeah. You don't have to pick your own hotel. You don't have to figure out where, what restaurants you're eating at, what museums you're going to. You don't have to find a tour guide. All of that is part of Adventures by Disney. Uh, confession, Brian and I have yet to do an Adventures by Disney, but we are still scheduled for the River Cruise later this year. Oh my God, I'm saying this year because it's 2023 already. <laughs> yeah, super nice to have that stress-free experience and and not have to plan it or plan any of it yourselves. Yeah, it was great. We From the time we landed, they pretty much they had the sign right there. They grabbed us. They loaded us all up. They took us to the hotel. We met our two guides. Once we got to the hotel, they got us through the check-in process. I mean, really, you literally had to think about very little uh, the entire time. Yeah, we had one afternoon free for lunch, and they they had great recommendations. So they found this little family uh, traditional Italian restaurant for us to uh, spend some time at and just... You know, other families decided to go as well. So we, we they took care of reservations for us, even on the unplanned meal that we had that afternoon. I got to wow. say, Sam, I wish we had had Adventures by Disney when we were in Rome. <laughs> we were there over a, a high holiday. And so everything was shut down. And what, what did we choose to eat uh, on our day off there, Sam? So it was a Catholic holiday. Everything was closed except like, well, we found a Chinese restaurant that was open and it's the worst Chinese food we've ever had in our entire life. The sweet and sour sauce tasted like weird. It was pasta sauce, sauce with like pickle so juice like, mixed in it or something. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was like, Italianized Chinese food as opposed to Americanized not, Chinese food. Yeah. So yeah, it was terrible. It was not good. So Adventures by Disney, thank you so much. Uh, we should have had you with us on our first trip to Rome, which is also our last trip to Rome at this point. But yeah. <laughs> How long was this short escape that you were on, Howie? It was three days. Um, well, three, yeah, three and a half, I guess. But we flew in that day. It's not a whole lot going on, just dinner, meet and greet. And then each day all the way up until our embarkation day for the cruise uh, mm-hmm. was pretty packed. So uh, I guess three nights, four days, if you count it that way. Rome has a lot of ground to cover. Did you feel like you really got to see? I mean, you've got like the Colosseum. 
You've got Vatican City, all of the the ruins, uh, all of the museums. Did you feel like you got a really good taste of Rome before the cruise? Or was there stuff that you were like, man, I really wish we got to do that and we couldn't? I think we saw every major site. I mean, we went to Colosseum, Pantheon, Trevi Fountain, Spanish Steps, Vatican Museum. Sistine Chapel, St. Peter's Basilica. So we uh, we were tired. I mean, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> at the same time, we we had a great uh, experience, and we had great guides to really kind of shuttle us around and make sure we saw the the big pieces of Rome. Now, certainly, there's a lot we didn't see, but yeah, you know, when it comes to what what you think of when you think of Rome. They got us there for this. And how many people were in your group? You said there were two adventure guides. So a, a, a you know ballpark. If you don't know the exact number, how many people in you know how many how many tourists in your group? I think there was probably about twenty. There's two um, assigned guides. One, uh, Emily, is from Florida, and then they had Alexa, who actually is Italian. Um, so they try to have someone that's you know, from the States and then someone that is from the city that can really show you. And then each day they then had a local tour guide that would come in on the bus and actually escort us through all the different locations. As we were going from different locations and from different points, she would always stop and say, oh, you need to look over here and check out this soccer field. And I mean, there was different picture points that I would have never looked as a tourist because I wouldn't have known the history that she would stop and say... This is what you need to look at. I mean, there's one we're walking to a different location and she, they have our kids, they call junior adventurers. And she was like, stop, stop, stop. Look this way from this angle. Look to the right. You can see the Vatican. I would have never looked. I would have never noticed had they not pointed that out. Like I noticed for like the Coliseum, when you walk in and you just see this sea of people waiting in line and she was like, come on this way, this way, talks to one person in Italian, don't know what she says. And we just walked right in. They were very good of like, okay, junior adventurers, they made sure they were in front so that they could get the best view. They always bookend us. So there was someone in the front and someone in the back so that we never got lost. They just made sure we kind of like, we just... Walk through the fast pass lane. Oh, I love that. That yeah. is so good. <laughs> yeah, because the line around the Coliseum that they wrapped probably all the way around. around and she took us right to the front, kind of escorted oh, us in. Wow. And then they put, they stickered us up and they're like, okay, follow us. Next thing you know, you're on the, the lowest level of the Coliseum, uh, which you have to have, I guess, a special guide to take you down there for that. So there was definitely some of that. When we got to the Vatican Museum, they kind of did the same thing. They kind of bypassed the whole line and then got us through quickly. And then I think it's the longer uh, Italian ABDs that you get to actually open the Vatican, cut on the lights and all that stuff. But instead, uh, the guy took us over. We met the key master who is the one responsible for all that. And Wait, the key master isn't isn't that from Ghostbusters? I know. All right. All right. I was thinking uh, like um, the Vinci Code or something like that. <laughs> this is kind of crazy, but that guy was, he was super lovely and answered our questions. And, you know, certainly there's miles of the Vatican Museum, so you get to see a small taste of it. You know, we could have spent two days there by itself. I have actually been to the Vatican twice. I've been to Rome twice. So Brian said first time. That was his first time to Rome. It was actually not my first time to Rome. But I never got a fast pass or lightning lane into the Vatican or or the Colosseum. I did get to go see those places. Well, well Sam, once you're baptized, then you get fast passes all the way through. <laughs> Is that yeah. how it works? <laughs> I don't think so. No, I don't think that's how it works either. <laughs> you got to pay for an ABD first. Yeah. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. Did you have a lot of 
kids on this adventure and did was like what's the age range that you saw usually they have a minimum our youngest at the time was yeah matthew was nine nine, and he was definitely the youngest he the um i think the next age was probably like um maybe 13 13 14 i do think you kind of have to look at how much your kids want to walk it's a lot of walking and so by the time we did the avd we have our kids are pretty park seasoned and if we had a stroller that's because that's what carried our cooler of drinks and (laughs) (laughs) Our kids were used to walking a lot. So they did okay. But I would keep that in mind if you had younger kids that there's not many places to sit. Yeah. As far as other families, there was probably maybe one or two other families that had kids that weren't adult age. So Mm -hmm. most of the folks were older, either teenagers or above. Did they do things that were or activities or sites that were specific for the kids or did they do things at some of the sites you visited where they separated the kids and had a different activity for them or, or anything like that? I know, I mean, one of the great things about ABD is it is family focused rather than just adult focused like a lot of other tour groups. So that's why I'm asking the question. Um, there was never that we were ever really separated per se at the Coliseum. A lot of the adults were just taking pictures and videos and with their GoPros. And they had the kids where they actually acted out like a little battle and with the orange paddles, which if anyone's been on the ABD, they have the giant orange paddles and they let the kids act out. And there was someone there with a thumb to give them the thumbs up or the thumbs down, (laughs) you know, the gladiator. Did anybody play the lions? (laughs) I think my son was disappointed when he went there. He was like, where's the line? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah, they did a great job interacting with the kids. Every spot they, you know, if they notice a kid off doing something or not really engaged, then they would intentionally find a way to engage that child. Like our now 13-year-old, he's, he is yeah, mild to moderate autism. It would be nothing for him to be hanging out in the shade for a little bit. And all of a sudden, we'll see Emily or Alexa go over and just start hanging out with them and spend some time and engaging with them. They really have trained those guys well to engage uh, kids and kids that may have learning differences and all that stuff and not neurotypical and, and would help them along as well. Yeah, that would totally be Nathan. No, but that's really great to hear because uh, yeah. that's, I mean, like, look, this REBD in December, this river cruise is our first time taking Nathan to Europe. He's obviously been out of the country, so to speak, to like Mexico or Canada or things like that. But it's our first time taking him overseas. And, uh, you know, I think we're both a little nervous about the walking. Uh, we're both a little nervous about, you know, you can get pretty uh, stubborn about, oh, I don't want to do that. Go to a museum again, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, we know to roll with it, but we don't want to hold up our tour group and things like that. So, yeah, our tour group was interesting because we had two folks that were, they were fairly disabled and there were things that they couldn't do that would take them to the point that they could of everything they could do. And if there was a lot more for us to do. They would take them. One of the guides would actually leave and take them somewhere else and do something with them. Oh, well. mm-hmm. I engage them separately as needed. Were they in wheelchairs? Uh, one actually had a um, prosthetic. She was a, an amputee, so she had a prosthesis mm-hmm. and would use uh, you know cane with her prosthesis or crutches when she could not wear a prosthesis. So mm-hmm. she wasn't wheelchair bound, but at the same time. You know, there's there's a lot, of, especially Coliseum, the distance between each step, and there was mm-hmm. really no way for her to do all that stuff. But, you know, there's certainly elevator access to some of those things, and they made sure to get her through that process and help her along the way. So it worked out pretty well. I wouldn't have even thought about that, but for, you know, a, people with physical disabilities in particular, cruise is a great way to travel, right? So being able to explore the city 
in advance as well through ABD. Sounds like that would be a really good option. Yeah. I will say when we checked in, um, they sat down with your family, the two guides, and they go over, are there any food allergies? Are there any mobility issues? Um, we explained everything with our middle son, if there was any triggers to him or anything that, you know, if you see him doing this or that, this is why. And it, it kind of reminded me of like when you're on the cruise, you only have to tell your server one time that first night. And they remember we had that one conversation and it was like they knew our family for years. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, I, I never had to repeat anything that was said in that first little meeting. I have food allergies. It was all taken care of, which was a concern of mine that I don't speak the language and going out on oh, our yeah. own to eat where it was all taken care of. I joked that Amelie was like Mary Poppins. She had this backpack. <laughs> <laughs> and anything you could possibly need, she's like, hold on, I have it in my bag. She's like, I'll get it. And she pulled, and it, she out. pulled it out. I'm always curious about the um, the travel with kids because you're, you know, taking a nine year old to the Mediterranean, that's a long flight followed by a big time zone change and then a lot of walking. How did your kids fare? And, and also the food. I mean, Italy is probably a little easier, less exotic than some other places. But how do they do with the travel and the food and the time zone? I will say one of my favorite pictures of all of Rome is when we landed and I looked and it, it is a gorgeous hotel. They have you stay. And there are my kids like sprawled out in the lobby fast asleep because <laughs> they hit a comfy couch and crashed and burned. <laughs> I was like, okay, jet lag is a real thing and we better... <laughs> We better learn quickly. But they adjusted very, very well. I think where we live, we don't live in a city per se. So the the appeal of walking to dinner was actually exciting for them. They actually got like, we can just walk to dinner. I'm like, yeah. And <laughs> you know, anyone that's been to Italy or Rome, they're very laid back. So dinner isn't rushed. They were actually able to just sit and enjoy. And it was a very, while it was busy, there was a lot of times to sit and enjoy and kind of get your energy back up. Yes, they did crash. First of all, they we all crashed a little bit. I think Martha did not include herself in that, but she she definitely uh, maybe dozed off for a few minutes while we we're waiting for our ribs. But the kids, I mean, they're pretty resilient. You know, give them a couple iPads and a nap, and they're good to go. Right? So, yeah, but it was great. We were in a great location right down the street from the U.S. Embassy, and then the Thousand Mile Race kicked off while we were there. So my oldest son and I went down to see all the Ferraris and and Bugattis and all that and had a great time. That's oh, that's awesome. Very cool. I would love I would love to hear about the food and and how the kids like the food, how you all like the food, and if you're willing to share, Martha, what your food allergy is and and how that was, you know, how how that accommodation worked. I'm allergic to all seafood and like anaphylactic stop breathing, even like, like Worcester shower sauce, stop breathing because it has anchovies. And I know that. Oh, I have wow. So I didn't know that. I did not know that. Yeah. It. <laughs> I learned that the hard way. And so no, so no Caesar dressing, right? no Caesar dressing. And it's amazing how many things use uh, like a, an anchovy paste for like a salty or like a, like a fish oil. A lot of people will cook with like a fish oil. And so most of our meals, our guides were with us. And so they would say like to our servers, they would explain my allergy and make sure that it was accommodated. When we were on our own, they made reservations for us. And they actually ended up eating because we all like everyone in our tour group was like, well, if you recommend this place, we're clearly going. So we still stayed as a group, even though we were on our own, the whole ABD group ended up in the same restaurant. So they stayed and talked to the servers and made sure that everything was accommodated. And it's Italy. So it's pasta and pizza 
and bread. So my kids thought they were in heaven. You know, you would have never found this place. Yeah. And right. So we went in and we ordered uh, antipasti appetizers, which was enough food to feed an army. I'm like, I don't think I can eat anything else. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, well, we haven't brought the main course out yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, I, well, I guess we're trying a little bit of everything today. Yeah. So, but we had one meal actually completely on our own, and honestly, it was it was fine. You know, and every place usually, especially in big cities, most of most of the time, there's someone that speaks English well enough that uh, you can kind of get through uh, the process. And plus, like Martha said, it's it's Italy, lots of carbohydrates yeah. and red sauce. Right. And good to go, right? Right. Yeah. So. I'll also put a plug in. I, I noticed this the other day and I just smacked myself on the head because I'm like, why don't we do this more often? Don't forget, you're carrying around a pocket translator in most cases exactly. because I saw yeah. someone at a pharmacy the other day who didn't speak English and needed to pick up a prescription and they were just holding the phone up and the two people were talking back and forth and the phone was kind of translating for them. And so don't forget about that because uh, I also think it's really helpful if you can communicate in the local language people are Nothing gets lost in translation, so to speak. So right. um, the Mediterranean cruise that you took, was was this your first time over to the Med with Disney Cruise Line? This was our first time overseas. So, yes. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're on the magic. You're going out of, I'm going to butcher it, Chittachavekia. Chittachavekia. Yes. We've said this. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's Sidichavekia, I believe. You have to take a bus or tra- some kind of transportation to get down down there, right? We did a bus and the ABD, you stay with your tour guides. I mean, they stay with you until the point that, I mean, at that time they were still doing COVID testing. So they stayed with us until they got us to the actual part where we would do the testing. Never left us. But they did trivia the whole bus ride. I mean, they kept us entertained. It was, I mean, the bus ride was just as fun as part of the ABD, but they take you right to the port. Did your ABD pre-trip give you anything in terms of your port arrival time or boarding groups or anything like that? Did they have you board together as a group or was everyone kind of on their own from whatever they could get pre-cruise? Again, lightning lane here. So they took us past the crowd that was standing outside. Mm -hmm. And regardless of our arrival, assigned arrival times, now we did stay concierge on that cruise so we could have gotten there whenever, but they took us basically past everyone else and put us in line in the queue for testing. So regardless of what everyone's arrival time was, when we got there, that was our arrival time. And the sailing that you did, the med cruise you did, how long of a trip was that? It was nine nights. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. You had nine uh, nights in concierge after doing an ABD. This is like a dream, you guys. Yeah, we kind of treated it as our 25th uh, wedding anniversary gift to ourselves. Well, congratulations. Hey, I'm getting lots of ideas, but congratulations on 25 years, you guys. That's awesome. Now, you said you were a party of seven. So I'm curious, what kind of room did you get on board? And was everyone concierge? Yeah. Rooms. Yeah. Everyone was. We got the two bedroom uh, suite on the Magic. How was that? We haven't been in the two bedroom ourselves and they don't have it on the dream or the fantasy. So how was that? Only the magic and the wonder. That's right. I mean, you're ruined for life, actually, (laughs) because you go in a room and you're like, I miss the magic. (laughs) (laughs) When we went on the wish back in September, I'm like, this is definitely not the last room we stayed in. Yeah, (laughs) It was lots lots of space. But it was wonderful. The amenities were super nice. Everybody was comfortable. Yeah, those rooms will ruin you when you go in them. As Sam well knows, and as my bank account now knows. Uh, (laughs) Well, talk to us about some of the... uh, The ports usually tend to be the star of the show when you're over in 
Europe. And, you know, people generally know kind of what's going on on board on the Magic. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that toward the end. But I want to hear about some of the ports that you stopped at. So which ports did you stop at? Uh, let's Yeah, let's just start there. I will butcher their name. So you're up. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we started with uh, Dubrovnik, Croatia, oh, which actually ended up being one of my favorite ports. I, I didn't really realize how much I would have enjoyed there, but that's where they filmed uh, Game of Thrones and, and shows like that. So, And then Kefalonia, Greece, uh, Chania, Greece, Athens, Greece, Santorini, Greece, and then Naples, and then back to Rome. Amazing. Yeah, I've heard amazing things about Dubrovnik uh, from many, many people. So that's that sounds like a fabulous port to stop at. Did you do port adventures in each port? And did you do those through Disney? Or, or I mean, let's just start with Dubrovnik since you mentioned it first. Uh, what did you get up to there? We did port adventures at every port. We did all of them through Disney since it was our first time there. We weren't mm-hmm. quite sure how close everything was to the to the actual ports, you know, because yeah. especially after we trekked in from Rome and spent an hour getting to the port just to get on the ship. So in Dubrovnik, we actually went to uh, an olive oil uh, place that actually showed you how they pressed olive oil originally. And apparently extra virgin olive oil is just a marketing scheme. So we found that (laughs) out quickly. And uh, But they walked us through the the process of actually pressing uh, the olives and and how they would traditionally go through the process. Certainly they've updated the process, but they walked us through how they did it the original way and then we went to the guy who runs the place he actually his house is right next door and they took us over to his house basically and we had lunch with he and his family and and it was a group of probably i don't know 25 of us that are sitting on their back patio overlooking the countryside having fresh vegetables fresh olive oil fresh meats they had all the table wine you wanted too so Maybe that's why I love it so much. (laughs) (laughs) The food might have been okay, but the table wine was amazing. Everything else was wonderful. Look, some good bread, some table wine, and some olive oil, and I think just about anybody. Meats and cheeses, though, too. I mean, you add, you know, I can't imagine anything, anything better. That sounds like a lovely port adventure to do. I feel like, you know, sometimes people try and run around and do like a million different things, but that sounds much like a much better type of port adventure. Yeah, it kind of took us through the countryside and, um, you know, and then we had these stops. So we stopped there and then we went to a winery, which the wine was not my favorite, but it was a little more bitter than I, I care for. But we got to see the, the countryside and then experience some of the local uh, culture there a little bit. So it was kind of nice and, and relaxing since that was our our first stop after a busy ABD experience. Um, we were probably a little still sleep deprived <laughs> at that point. So, but, uh, but it was great. I enjoyed it. Across all these ports, one thing we noticed in the Norway sailing is we felt like we were in port for longer, right? Than we would be in a Caribbean sailing. And so we could get off, we could do a port adventure, and then we actually still had time to maybe wander around and do something on our own to see the port. Did you feel like that in the, the Med? Some places, I, I think we did, like especially all the stops in Greece that we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Croatia is a little more removed, so I felt like the time crunch there was a little greater. Like even Naples, the, the port adventure to Pompeii is quite long. And we mm-hmm. still had time that we were able to come back. And I took my kids to the ship so they could do the pool and do all the kind of fun stuff. And then my nieces actually went out for pizza. You had yeah, a good had bit of time. time there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've, I've heard that the like the Greece pieces of these cruises, like the ports are super close together. So you you don't yeah. need much time to get the ship between ports. No. And I will say if 
it's, if you have a new cruiser, it's a good one to start off with. I mean, it sounds backwards because you would think a short day, but for, I found it for us, it was the calmest I think I've ever felt on a ship. And for the most part, you could always kind of see something, see land, mm-hmm. see a mountain, see a something. So you didn't really feel like you were in the middle of nowhere rocking. How was the weather overall for the cruise? Was I mean, it's the Med in June. August, June, June, no, Med in June. June. So it should be pretty nice. But was it good? It was the surface of the sun. Yes. Huh? So I will say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Med has nothing on Orlando in August, apparently. OK. <laughs> it's warm, but we happened to hit, I think, like a record breaking mm. heat wave that week. Mm. And so um, I think the funniest quote was from my youngest when we were in Athens. And he was doing good. I mean, he was hiking. I mean, he had his bottle of water. He was he was trying. And I said, are you doing okay? He goes, I feel like you wrapped me in tinfoil and put me in the oven on the side. <laughs> and I was like, I am so sorry. <laughs> but keep walking because we got to get this tour done. Yeah. yeah. That was at the yeah. Acropolis too. So you're totally exposed. Oh, yeah. There's no shade. Yeah, there's there's no. zero shade. There was a lot of lines and we did not get the lightning lane there. Let me tell you, we we stood in the lines with everybody else and oh, wow. kind of made our way to the top. We missed our ABD. <laughs> we missed our ABD. <laughs> I, I need an orange paddle. <laughs> okay, so so you got where do you go after Dubrovnik then? Let's go kind of go through the order. We did um Kefalonia. So we did it was a, a cavern. There was like a little lake. I have my notes here. Melis uh Melisani Lake Cavern, I think. Okay. I'm uh, sure someone's gonna call I, it I'm and sure they're gonna be it. like, who booked these losers that came <laughs> But it was a gorgeous lake. <laughs> Don't worry, they're going to criticize the way that I said Sidichevekia. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> We're all together. I'll take the brunt of it if you're listening and we butchered the names. You come at me. Don't come at our guests. <laughs> what was that excursion like? I do think every port we went to, we heard the story of a volcano. And I'm thinking, like, are they active? Like, maybe we need to clarify where we are because every place was like, total devastation from this volcano and we're going to go. Let's look at the ruins. <laughs> Let's go check it out. But it was a cavern that I guess after a volcano, they, when they found, they found this little lake and it is crystal clear. It is this shade of blue that I cannot even describe in words. It was gorgeous. And then when you're out on the little boat, you look up and you see the opening of like this cavern that opened up where they found it. And it's, it was gorgeous. Yeah. And awesome. so you go in like a little boat ride and they kind of paddle you around and yeah, and they kind of took us in the cavern a little bit, and then and paddled us back out. Uh, it was pretty. That part was pretty short, but it was pretty amazing just to see the the crystal clear, clear water and how cool it was down uh, as you're walking through the cavern to get to the lake and all that stuff. Especially when it was 104 degrees outside. What was your third port? That's Chania. There's a tourist lake there that Lake Cronus that we went down to. I guess that's a popular area for a lot of the local folks to go down to and, and just enjoy the water and hang out. And then we did lunch nearby with uh, probably every tour bus that was on the island. It felt like, <laughs> it felt like uh, I, when I looked around, there was probably 20 or 30 tour buses bringing all their all their guests uh, there oh, for wow. lunch. And but the food was amazing. The food was definitely amazing. They would slow roast the uh, all the meats. Mm. right there and and the vegetables were yummy as well and of course i I think they gave us plenty of wine too so that may have helped (laughs) as well 
Hey, EDCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash L Duo, so they know we sent you their way. Thanks, My Path Unwinding, for sponsoring the show. And with that, back to our episode. Was this excursion? You said it was a lake that the, the locals like to go. Was it like a beach excursion, but at a lake, or was it something different? For for us, we picked a lot of tours that would go through and allow us to see the countryside and really mm-hmm. see outside of the immediate area. So for this place, they kind of had a beach-esque area with uh, which had a lot of trees, but it was it was just a wide open lake. It was probably one of the larger freshwater opportunities for people to enjoy water and oh, water cool. activities. So, so for so, us, it was more of a like a stopping point to like take photos. But mm-hmm. I do think people could have booked an excursion just to be there, and you could have like swam. They had little paddle boats. They had kind of the little paddle boats that had slides where you could go swimming. So I do think there were other people there that actually spent the day at the beach. What was the next port? That was Athens. And that probably was our our hottest day. Well, and that's a big touristy day. I mean, that's like you have to see the main sites in Athens, right? Yes. Like Martha said, it was the hottest day. We went to the Acropolis Museum, uh, spent some time there and then went to the Acropolis I felt like we should have reversed those on the Acropolis in the morning and then the museum. Yeah. But our our guide was insistent to miss the crowds. That was probably not our favorite guide of the, of the trip. <laughs> we, had, we had one kid that was actually with us on the, uh, he was the only other younger child with our ABD group. They ended up being in our excursion group for that. And they couldn't find him. And so the guide was like, well, we'll just have to leave and go we'll have to get him back to the ship because they had other senior members of that tour group there that would go and find him. And I think we all decided we weren't going to leave this child. So we had a little revolt and uh, <laughs> we got back to the museum and went and found him and then finally went to the Acropolis yeah. and I think our God was not happy with us after that. So it must have been pirate night. It was a short excursion mutiny. Uh, it was, it was uh, a mutiny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, you have way too many mamas in this group to say that. Oh, we'll find them later. I was well, like, I no. I'm like, yeah, I want? can't believe that that guide would have suggested that. That yeah. is kind of puzzling. What was the name of the excursion? Just so folks out there know, in case they want to avoid it next time. I, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, it was that same tour group did multiple excursions, but they all centered around doing the Acropolis. So I'm not sure that you could avoid doing an excursion with that group if you're on a a Disney cruise. The main main attraction. That's the reason why you're going to Athens, you know, because Athens is kind of the rest of the city is not real appealing, you know. Um, Yes, I felt the same way. You know, certainly you pass some of the original, the Olympic venues and all that stuff. And then you're like, okay, this kind of a, a, 
dirtier major city. No, then our next port was um, Santorini. Oh, I love Santorini. Yeah, yeah my nieces, they're like, it's like we're at Mamma Mia. <laughs> we're, it is. We're at Mama Mia. It was yes. gorgeous. It was gorgeous. That was a great, that was a great stop. You know, certainly, you know, you're ever looking the the cruise channel there with all the cruise ships in the harbor and and we were we wanted to have lunch we sat down and we had like an hour hour and 15 minutes before we had to meet our our guides again and they're like oh that's not enough time i'm like what do you mean it's not enough time it's an hour and 15 minutes we got playing they're like you said relax here you know so yeah. i'm like okay so we had some snacks and beverages and just hung out and relaxed yeah. and enjoyed the the open fresh air and and then we hopped on the bus and went to a winery after that. So it was nice. And that was probably our best tour guide because when we went to the winery, he actually mm-hmm. sat down and like talked about his family and mm-hmm. the, you know, about how everything was going because obviously they were just now opening post COVID and how, mm-hmm. the, you know, how Greece was dealing, the different islands were dealing with different levels of, I guess, getting back to reality and new normals and all that new protocols. Cause I guess it all opened in different ways of what different places were allowed to do. And he, and he was amazing with us. He was amazing with our kids. Um, mm-hmm. He was wonderful with Philip cause we were at a winery and I'm like, he's not drinking wine and they found juice and pretzel sticks and he was wonderful. Yeah. That was a great, awesome. that was a great winery. And just the guy sitting down and spending time hanging out with everybody. And it was a little more engaging than some of the other. Did you feel constrained at all in the med with the uh, port excursions you could do because of the the ages? Like your youngest is nine. Sometimes they'll they'll want twelve or older on some of these excursions and things like that. Dubrovnik was probably the only one we were a little. We we end up with a great excursion. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we yeah. love that port, uh, but we wanted to go and actually to see the castle and the wall from Game of Thrones. Well, you have to be at least twelve for that adventure, and I'm like, or not adventure, but port excursion and. Uh, so I asked, I'm like, so what are they doing there that we're not doing? And and the, the statement was, oh, we don't have a railing on the wall. We're afraid the kids will walk off the side. Oh, like, oh well. Okay, well, good oh, enough. Good enough. Yeah. That works. Yeah, yeah. Good enough reason, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I will say sometimes uh, with younger kids, if there's something that you see that you really want to do, you might be able to suss out who the provider is separately. And a lot of times their age limit is much lower than what Disney's is. Or higher. Get, well, higher. Well, yeah, but yeah. well, yeah. lower. Like oh, they might sorry, allow a nine-year-old yeah. go. Yeah. Their age limit is much lower uh, because they're not implementing Disney's high standards of safety. And yeah. it's sort of more watch your kids kind of thing. But um, so, yeah. 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 Well, so after Santorini, where did you head? Then we did um, Naples, which was the Pompeii. Which was probably my one of my favorites, um, and actually my little my youngest that was one of his favorites. Yeah, that was a great great adventure. Mm-hmm. It was hot again, it's but hot. it was um, just walking through the ruins and all that stuff, and just you know, kind of talking through the active volcano that's still there and the number of deaths that happen every year because of that volcano. It was kind of eye opening what they still experience on a regular basis. Yeah. Like in the history book, your mind the places just seem so much smaller. Mm-hmm. And then when you get there, it's just massive. And just to be able to, I guess, here, I think a lot of museums are a don't touch. You look behind glass and there for the kids to be able to actually walk on the ruins and touch the blocks and touch where That's people so stood. Cool. For mm-hmm. them, that was just amazing. They they really loved it. Howie, what was your favorite chore excursion? Martha just said Pompeii was hers. Which was your favorite? I really enjoyed Dubrovnik, you know, sitting around the table, family and engaging 
you know, not only our family, but other families. That's when you really get to know people is when you break bread together. Nine nights. I think I've got the count right at five port stops. So you would have had a couple of maybe a couple three C days. I'm trying to figure out the math in my head because you've got the last day. They well, count day the last one. Night. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah day so one to Dubrovnik. Yeah. Yeah, we had six six ports, nine nights, so we had two sea days the entire time. Yeah. Did you feel like you had enough time to kind of, like, because this is a, I mean, Norway was active, this is active. I mean, it can get pretty tiring pretty quickly. Did you feel like you had enough downtime to kind of recover, or did you get home and like, okay, we need another vacation? No, we had enough downtime, because I will say the, I do think the times were a little bit, we have the late seating, we always do the late seating. Mm-hmm. So the port times, we got back in enough time that we could kind of come back and change and either take a nap or sit by the pool or go to the lounge and just kind of relax. So we we had enough downtime to kind of recoup and get ready for the next day. I think if nice. we had done the early dining, it would have been it would have been tight. I've heard that about the ports in Europe. Like you don't want to be rushing back on the ship and trying to yeah. get your dining time if you can. Yeah, I mean that does mean though you miss you often might miss the shows. That's what yeah. I will will say. I think when you're over in Europe, it's a little whether you have late dining or early dining, it's kind of hard to to hit the shows and to hit dinner because even if you've gone to early dinner, you are so exhausted. <laughs> you might be like, I'm just going to bed. See, you'll be grumpy um, because you miss the shows and I'll be grumpy. Because <laughs> because time. So, uh, yes. so yeah, we have that. I think we managed to catch just about every shows. show. Uh, while you we did. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. But I still feel like we got naps, you know, whenever we needed them yeah. and all that stuff. So. Yeah, I was going to ask if they did froze, a frozen deck party. And then I also would love to know if they did the special show that they sometimes do in Europe, Once Upon a Song, which is just, it's not a show, it's more of a performance. It's what they did once. They did not do Frozen. They actually did Pirate Night. (laughs) Oh. And then we were told like that night they got on and they were like, did they ask whoever? And they got the no go for, I guess, fireworks. So I will say my boys were a little disappointed because to them, Pirate Night is fire. Like that's the whole point. Right. Pirate, pirate Night. Yeah. And Pirate Night until the wish, because that Pirate Night red is phenomenal. Right. But on all the other ones, it's like if you're not having fireworks, I kind of could skip Pirate Night. So yeah. we went up a little bit and we're once we found out there were no fireworks, yeah. went and did other things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they did, I will say, Tangled Mother um Gothel. Gothel. I was yes. like, I'm gonna mince, mispronounce it. Her voice yes. was amazing. And I was even my boys who are not show Broadway people were like, like she actually really can sing. I'm like, I know (laughs) she was amazing. That's because she's a Broadway visiting artist. Oh, okay. She was amazing. Well, we've been talking around dining a little bit. And uh, so typically in these longer cruises, you start to get deeper into the roster of Disney menus beyond the standard rotational backup rotational pirate night. Probably one or two unique menus while you were sailing. Uh, did did you spot any unique menus on board? Uh, sometimes they'll have like a Mediterranean menu or something like that. Did, did you see mm-hmm. any of those kinds of menus on board? Didn't, but I'm one of those diners that I go with whatever the server tells me looks good. So I kind of don't look at the menu. I'm, I'm just like, you know my allergies. What do you think I should have? And... I figured, especially if it's late seating, you probably have seen the food and I'm going to go with whatever you tell me to eat. And we did not have any bad meals. I mean, all all our meals were good. Awesome. I'm trying to remember if we had a Mediterranean kind of He did try escargot and you were hating it. Yeah, he did encourage me to try escargot for the first time. So that, <laughs> but that, was, not, that was not an unusual menu. Uh, no. so. 
Yeah, that was not my favorite. Too much bar- butter and garlic. So I'll say, but. <laughs> That's the best part. Bring all the bread so you can soak it up. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Typically, there's a, I forget what it's called, but it's like the international menu. I bet they did that one. That's probably yes. one of the ones. And then, as Brian said, there are actually pretty much every every rotational restaurant has its regular rotation menu and then the alternate rotation menu. So right. there's like the lantern and the thug menu for Rapunzel, for yeah. example. Yeah, and I, they say that basically, yeah. yeah. It, the nice thing is you do get more variety of menus on a longer cruise, as, as always, depending. It doesn't matter where you are in the world on Disney Cruise Line. You'll get a little bit more a little bit more variety that way. And we did one Palo brunch. Yeah, we did. Oh, that. wonderful. Oh. Kind of wish it was back to the buffet just so I could have had smaller portions just because I felt <laughs> like it was so much food because I wanted to try so many things. And then it was like, oh, I'm wasting it. So I have to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. It was a lot of food, but it was really good. Uh, it was yeah. really, really good. You may be the first person I've heard who says, I wish they'd go back to the buffet so I could get less. <laughs> <laughs> Let me sort of wind us down on this discussion just a little bit and ask you, like, favorite memory from this trip across the ABD and the cruise? Uh, if you had sort of one that stood up? Maybe one from the ABD and one from the cruise, because I feel like there's Because Sam can't ever narrow anything down to one. So <laughs> I can I mean, never. You have I... two. So, all right. So one from the ABD and one from the cruise, per Sam's allowance. Uh, we start with, uh, start with you, Howie. Yeah, I think from the ABD, it was the first uh, night that we had dinner. Uh, with it was both our group and the other group. Uh, we went to a, a wonderful restaurant within walking distance of our hotel, and there's a picture of all seven of us sitting at the table together. You know, and that when every time that picture pops up in one of our digital picture frames, it just brings back that nice uh, memory of all of us being together and, and just enjoying Rome. So, from an oh, ABD I standpoint, I think that's probably my favorite. Uh, as far as the cruise, I think I, I still go back to Dubrovnik, and it's the same situation. Us sitting at the table there, enjoying the view of the countryside, and just interacting with our own family, and then talking to the the, the host family there, and, and spending time connecting with those folks. So for me, relationships is always uh, important, and him really connecting with people where they are is what I thrive on. I really enjoy that. I love that. Over a good plate of food, of course, is even better, right? That does not hurt, plus good table wine. The combination, (laughs) it really is. It all plays together. Okay, yours are so sappy and mine are not. Mine, I'm a very (laughs) sarcastic person. So probably one of my my favorite one from ABD was with my little son. You know, they always stop and they're like, this is the last bathroom. Like, if you need to go, now's the time to go. And he's like, I don't have to go. And I'm like, seriously, you need to go. I don't have to go. And we get into um, the Sistine Chapel. Chapel. And as soon as he walked in, he's like, hey, mom. I'm like, don't know. He's like, I have to go to the bathroom. I'm like, well, suck it up, buttercup. Nowhere to go. (laughs) Well, we actually passed through the Sistine Chapel into St. Peter's. and um, Yeah. And the (laughs) ABD guide heard us. And Alexa was like, Oh, no, 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 no. Like, no one can be unhappy. Like, that you, I mean, she like overheard and just, she's like, I will take him. And she like escorted him, found him. I was like, and, and they it, were gone a long time. So I don't know where they had to go. And so I think that was my, just the fact that even like an overheard conversation, they were on it. Like, there was Ugh. seriously no worry, no stress. Everything was taken care of. Yeah. That was my favorite. Just the yeah. fact that it truly, as, as a mom, but I think for any parent, it was, 
a stress-free vacation. I think every vacation has stresses, but for the ABD, for us, it really was stress-free the whole time, which for me was the best memory. And I think for the cruise, my best memory, our oldest son loves ships. And pre-COVID, they used to used to be able to meet the captain. They would have like Mm -hmm. a captain signing and he would always get the model and he would have the captain sign the model. Mm -hmm. And so they weren't doing that on this cruise. And we mentioned it to the concierge host. Shout out to Junior. If Junior's listening to your show, we mentioned that to him and he's like, well, where's the ship or the model? And we took it and he's like, give me, give me today. And when we went on our excursion to Pompeii, when we came back in our stateroom was the ship signed by the captain, along with like a little sheet about all about the magic, like how much it weighs and how big it is and how fast it goes. And just a fact sheet of the magic and just the fact that they, they go the extra mile, Mm -hmm. something that I probably would have said, well, they don't have it. They're not doing a signing. So we just won't Mm -hmm. do it this time. And they were like, no, we'll make it work. That's the con- the concierge magic. The Disney magic, yes. But the concierge magic is like just that level. Yeah, that's awesome. Sam, I think we have reached that point in our show where it's time to have some arbitrary questions mixed with arbitrary rules and a dash of judgment, otherwise known as rapid fire. So Sam, yeah. you take it away. Yeah. Welcome to Rapid Fire, Martha and Howie. I'm excited to hear what your favorites are. First, some Disney favorites. To sit in judgment over yet another set of guests. Yes. <laughs> I have my notes so that I, I, would, I wouldn't forget. Okay. Well, I, you know, sometimes I change up the questions, so you'll oh, see. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. Don't worry. Most of them will be the same. <laughs> well, no, this year I thought we had shifted to all Marvel Rapid Fire. Is that, is that what happening? <laughs> I can do it. I can do it. Bring it. <laughs> All right. Who is your favorite Disney or Pixar character, Martha? When I was younger, it was the mice from Cinderella, like Gus Gus. But then once they acquired Star Wars, then clearly all of Star Wars characters became my favorite. (laughs) All right, Howie, same question. Uh, Yeah, I have a pre-Star Wars and (laughs) post-Star Wars as well. Uh, Steamboat Willie. I've always liked Steamboat Willie, uh, but Chewie, you can't go wrong with Chewie. I love Chewie. All right. Favorite Disney or Pixar movie? We'll start with you, Howie. I really like Soul. I love the music in Soul. Oh. Uh, so uh, I, you know, I, I kind of preemptively looked and I'm like, yeah, if I had to pick one, that's probably the one. Wow. All right. That's a unique one. Mm-hmm. All right. Martha? Well, I couldn't. I didn't want to have Star Wars for every answer. So I would have uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm a big Tim Burton oh. uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. All right. Favorite song? Martha, we'll start with you. My favorite song probably is from Dumbo, but then I cry. So yes, if I'm, listening, if, if I'm in public and I can't have the ugly tears and the red nose, um, Surface Pressure from Encanto. Okay, you just won rapid fire with just, with just surface pressure. That's literally the best song ever. Baby Mine, Don't You Cry is, I can't, the reason I can't watch Dumbo, because I love Dumbo. I, Dumbo is actually one of my favorite Disney characters even, but I just can't watch that movie because I am, as you said, ugly cry. It's just yes. not, nobody wants to see that. All right, Howie, you got to follow up surface pressure. I'm really not sure you can. That's a great, that's a great song. I got to give it to y'all. But part of the reason why I like soul so much is musical score to that movie. So if you Mm -hmm. just, a lot of people don't listen to musical scores of those movies, but if you listen to that one, you'll really get the, the jazz and blues kind of influence from it. Okay. Now we're going to move on to the ships. 
And I want to hear your favorites. It could be across the fleet. You guys have been on, you know, enough cruises. You've been on all but one ship, but the dream and the fantasy are basically the same thing. So it doesn't really matter <laughs> between the two of them. For new listeners new to Disney Cruise Line, they are not the same thing. They are not. And in fact, we had a listener reach out to us recently who wanted us to do a show on all the differences between the ships, oh, of okay, which there are enough. differences. So. There are. There are absolutely differences. But honestly, I but they're more similar. The dream and the fantasy are more similar to each other than the magic and the wonder are similar to each other. So that's sort of where I'm putting it at. At least until dry dock. <laughs> At least until dry dock. But we are going to go on to the ships and I want to hear what is your favorite stage show? And I'm going to start with Martha because she already said she's a show person. And so I've got to know which one's your favorite of the one that, uh, ones that you've seen, obviously. I will say Tangled, but I think that's just because of a certain singer that just yeah. stole mm-hmm. the whole show. I, I could listen just to her voice, which I think is probably why I fell in love with that show. Yeah. I have to agree. Tangled is phenomenal. They even had hiccups during... I think it was on that cruise. They had yeah, hiccups with the, hair. with the hair coming off and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And she just stepped right yeah. in and she's singing her part and she's trying to fix uh, the hair and all that. So it was kind of fun to watch, but her voice is amazing. Oh, awesome. Favorite bar. And this could be on any of the ships. So you have lots of choices. So Howie, we'll start with you on this question. We were talking about this earlier and O'Gill seems to be one of our favorites. We always just tend to migrate there and we just, sit and have a beer. So yeah. I think O'Gills would be my favorite place. I'm assuming yours too. Yeah, it's not Hyperspace Lounge, surprisingly enough. Yeah, it's, we've been to yeah. We've been to the one where break out of the bird's butt thing. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Nightingales, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so Martha, you're picking O'Gills too and not Hyperspace Lounge. Wow. I think if Hyperspace Lounge was um, like Oga's in Disney mm. World or... It was in the kids club, <laughs> Star Wars section. Not that you could have a bar in the kids club, but. But it's a good idea. It's a good idea. <laughs> okay. So favorite onboard activity. Martha, let's start with you on this one. We love Ooh. to go. Um, if you can get a good, we had Tony from Spain mm-hmm. on the magic and he was hysterical. Mm-hmm. I think if you don't even like bingo, I would have gone just to listen to him. He was, it was like stand up <laughs> comedy. Yeah. He was so funny. So probably bingo for me. Yeah, we had a lot of fun doing bingo in Europe. We didn't have as much fun doing bingo on the Wish, though. So I think it depends on the host and the ship and all that stuff. All right. Favorite space to just hang out on the ship? Howie, let's start with you on this one. It depends if you're concierge or not. (laughs) (laughs) You can give two answers if you're sailing concierge or if you're not sailing concierge, because I totally get it. Yeah, most of the concierge lounges are fairly nice and you know, on the smaller ships, they're nice and quaint. Uh, the Wish, it's beautiful. Now, the service level isn't quite the same as the smaller ships, but it's it's great. It's quiet space, and, you know, certainly you have whatever you need right there. If you don't have that, then, uh, like I said, O'Gills, during the day, it's usually nice and quiet. If, if they don't have a private event, it tends to be mm-hmm. the place that they have a lot of private events, so... What about you, Martha? If I'm concierge, I've pretty much spend most of my free time in the lounge. If we're not, we usually always get a stateroom with a veranda. Mm-hmm. And I love just to get, like, get a drink from the bars or um, get something from Cabanas and then bring it back to the room and sit on the veranda and just kind of watch a sail. It's kind of a peaceful, quiet, 
time. That's probably my favorite little place to relax. Okay. All right. We only have a couple questions left. These are a little bit hard and maybe controversial. The first one is favorite rotational dining restaurant. Martha, let's start with you. Where is your? Which one is your favorite rotational dining? I would say the Worlds of Marvel, which is probably the only thing I really liked on the Wish. Um, but we <laughs> are big Star Wars Marvel. We probably drove because it's tight in there. You, you're close to other people, and I probably drove them crazy because I think I we did movie quotes. Um, <laughs> our entire family of five of everything that would pop up, we quoted like every <laughs> Marvel movie, and we had a good time. We love that well, restaurant. Yeah, that, that's a great restaurant. We had a lot of fun. But second to that would probably be on the other ones would be um, Animators Palette. I mean, we love because even when they do the show, even though it's the same show, we always draw something different. And the kids get so excited to see their little cartoon go across the screen. Yeah. Animation magic is so much fun. What about you, Howie? Do you have a a different one than Martha? Uh, Unfortunately, no. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are in sync, you know? Well, I like Animator's Palette a lot. That's always been one of my favorite just because it gets everybody interactive and engaged in the whole thing. Uh, But Mm -hmm. Marvel Restaurant is pretty awesome. I mean, we really enjoyed the interactive experience there. And since we love Marvel so much, you know. Okay, Aqua Duck, Aqua Dunk, or Aqua Mouse. This is where we'll differ because I like Aqua Dunk. That is the correct answer. <laughs> no, that's not, that's not, nope, that's not the right answer. I'm sorry. I, he heard I, me screaming. I like, heard no. her. She screamed. I'm, I'm literally a, a hundred feet away, videoing her <laughs> drop, and you can hear her scream through the the tube. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm not doing that. It was, <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so Aqueduct for me, I think. Uh, I don't like the Aquamouse, to be honest with you. No. I, it's not my favorite. Okay, now this is probably the most controversial question of them all. You have been on four of the five ships. Yep. Which one is your favorite? And I'm going to ask you each individually. I don't want you to be influenced by one one another. I'm going to start with Martha. Which one is your favorite ship? The Magic by like a landslide. I love oh, the magic. Wow. wow. Okay, now you got to tell me. You got to tell me why by a landslide. Wow. I think for me, just because it is smaller, like I felt like even if I were to do a three day or ten, like it's small enough that if I had a shorter cruise, you could see everything and not feel mm-hmm. like you're missing out. And it just kind of had that old charm, which it didn't look like a Royal Caribbean and it didn't look like a Carnival Cruise Line. It like it just felt like a different. It's like your own world when you step on that ship. Yeah, she's a beautiful ship. All right, Howie, what about I think you? She, I think she's influenced because she stayed in a two-bedroom. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was I was thinking that in the back of my mind, but I wasn't going to say that. I mean, if you base it on two-bedroom concierge, then it would be magic. But uh, <laughs> right, you no, know, you know, our first small ship cruise with Disney was Wonder in 2016. So that uh, we really enjoyed how tiny it was, and it's not really small; it's just smaller than the other mm-hmm. ships. Uh, but that was before I went to dry dock and had all the up- updates and all that stuff. But I just remember being on that ship compared to the Fantasy, which were the first cruises we did with Disney. And I was like, you know, this is a little more quaint. This is kind of more our speed. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the Wonder on that one. You all are ready for the last question. The last question is the same question I ask everybody. So you know what's coming. I need to know your bucket list cruise. You can go anywhere on a Disney Cruise Line ship. And it doesn't have to be someplace that Disney Cruise Line currently goes. All right, Martha, we're going to start with you. Where do you want to go on your bucket list cruise? 
I would pick the wonder just because we haven't seen her since she came out of dry dock. So I just want to see how she's different. And mm-hmm. I would love to do a trans transatlantic because I love that. I love being on the ship and I love yes, all the activities. Days. And so I think to have more sea days and more time on the ship, I would love to do a transatlantic. Yeah, for me, I think I agree with the wonder because I want to see the updated space, but also would like to do an around the world cruise. I think it'd be fun to just kind of, you know, just hit a lot of different ports and just experience a lot of culture. Yeah, I love that. We we talk about someday when we retire, we want to do an around the world cruise. I don't know if Disney will be doing them by then, but if they are, it will be a Disney cruise line around the world cruise. If they're not, we'll have to go with some other cruise line, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. But I, that's definitely on our on our list after retirement. <laughs> Well, thanks, you guys, for playing Rapid Fire. You are good sports. As I said, I'm sorry, Martha, how he wins this round of Rapid Fire. Oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll pay for that later, but thank you. Leave <laughs> her off camera. <laughs> Sam forgot the most important question, which is what's next? Ah, sure. That's always what Brian likes to ask, though. That's not part of Rapid Fire. <laughs> yeah, the, um, so this summer... Uh, we're going on the dream. So we're we're flying in Copenhagen and doing a seven night Northern, Northern European uh, cruise. We are doing the ABD, ABD right before that again. Uh, so we'll be able to tell you all about that. We are not staying concierge on that trip. So it's not uh, booked till summer. I have time to convince them otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. But. We definitely want to have you guys come back on to talk about what an amazing itinerary. And of course, the the short escape is an, an amazing add-on as well. Uh, that's going to be an amazing adventure. I am very jealous, I have to tell you. But yeah, definitely want to have you guys come back to tell us all about that next trip. Martha, Howie, I just want to thank you so much for taking some time out of your weekend to chat with us and our listeners and to share your experience across both your amazing adventures by Disney Short Escape in Rome and your Mediterranean cruise. Thank you so, so much for coming on. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. We do have another five-star review to read on the air this week from Apple Podcasts. This one comes from Jay McIntosh, who writes, quite possibly the best podcast about Disney Cruise Line. When I started planning our family's first cruise aboard Disney Cruise Line, I expected to find a glut of podcast options, much like exists in the world of WDW trip planning. But the amount and quality of resources for savvy DCL trip planners is not nearly the same as the world of WDW. Enter DCL Duo. What makes this podcast compelling, besides helpful content, of course, is the quality of recording paired with the chemistry of the hosts. From each episode's first few seconds preview to the Tropical House intro music that makes me so happy, it's obvious that Brian and Sam have made a few small but key creative choices that give DCL Duo a unique feel, differentiating this podcast from its peers. The hosts have fun and obviously get a lot of joy from sharing their love of DCL with others, who will also shoot their listeners straight about the good, the bad, and the ugly from their point of view. Thanks, Brian and Sam. You've made this dad's job of planning our first sailing aboard the Disney Fantasy a lot more enjoyable. Well, thank you for that review. We really appreciate it. We do try to do some different things on this show than what you might find on others, so appreciate that that comes through. And just have an amazing experience aboard the Fantasy, still one of our favorite ships. 
With that, just thanks once again for listening. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon if you'd like to help support the show. We really, truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. (laughs) 